Cooling man. Yeah, I, I I did a lot to build that name, man. Build okay. that so I, I gotta rock with it for the rest of my life. No. Where does it come from? Um, really for real. The kids just hated how I yelled at them all the time. Like, man, it's like an army. But they ain't understand. Like, man, I'm trying to build you to be a soldier on the field. Yeah. And then Troop just kind of stuck. One kid called me Troop, and then the rest of the kids just started calling me Troop. Okay. And it followed me from coaching to training, yeah. everything. So that's where it came from. I love that. Yeah, we good. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I never heard that story, actually. So why are we here, man? What are we doing here? So... I am actually in partnership with you. Yes. Um, creating the Underdog Wars. Okay. I'm trying to take the best uh, skill position guys in my city, mm -hmm. uh, high school, on their way to college, in college, and put them all on one field mm -hmm. so we can put all the, the trash talk and all that to rest. Um, I actually got the idea. I was at work uh, watching Nike to open it, mm -hmm. but they took the best wide receivers, DBs, linebackers, tight ends, from around the country. Yeah. I don't got pulled like that yet, yeah. but I definitely got pulled around the city. So sure. took the best guys from, like I said, Cleveland Heights, Glenville, Mayfield, mm -hmm. Warrensville, mm -hmm. and putting them all on one field. Real Cleveland. Yeah, so we gonna have that grittiness. Yeah. They don't got that in Oregon or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Where's where's ESPN over in Connecticut? Yeah, they don't they don't got that grit, man. Like yeah. a lot of people trash talk, but they can't back it up. Facts. So we definitely got best of both worlds here, Facts. and I feel like the Cleveland athletes, Northeast Ohio, period, can compete nationally with anybody. They don't get the respect. Yeah, facts. And they do not facts. get the respect. I mean, I went to school in the south, you know. Um, they, and you was a dog. I, you know what I'm saying? And I used to dog you in high school, so I'm saying. Here like, we go. <laughs> Here we go. I guess it's the truth side of <laughs> No, but we had a lot of great battles. Um, just, Facts. Just, just, just going after it. And I think that's what um, Northeast Ohio athletes do. They get after it. They don't maybe, they maybe not talk as much, even though when they talk, they can back it up. I mean, for sure. Um, we actually had a conversation. Uh, my guy. Shout out to Ka, he do all this sports stuff, RG, F, Ooh, sports. Yeah, yeah that's my him. boy. He, he be on my uh, Instagram, LifeFlex, uh, he be rocking with us. I appreciate you, man, for real. That's my boy. We used to bounce ideas off each other all the time, right? So he had a group chat with some other high school, because he's going to like try to do something like I'm doing a little bit in April. But anyways, so he has a chat with some California kids, some Glenville kids, and like all around the country, right? So the California kids was like, dude, we better than y'all. Like we can do, you know what I'm saying? And it, it made the Cleveland kids like, I mean, you should kind of be better than us because you can practice on the field turf. All year round. Yeah, he was yeah. like, dude, you know how hard it is to go in the indoor facility for free? Right. Like, man, stop it. If right. we had the natural talent plus the opportunities y'all got, it's no question. Like, yeah. That's why you see so many of these, no disrespect, but that's why you see so many of these California quarterbacks having to stay in California. Mm. You don't see too many of them coming over to the north or, yeah, they can't play in this weather, man. It, it take a different type of grit to be it out is. here. And it's natural for us. Facts. Rain, snow, sleet, whatever, the underdog war is going on. 
in March. I love it. Yeah. So what's the date? Give us the date. Uh, it is March 27th. That's a Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, it's at John F. Kennedy football field, mm -hmm. the original football field. Where, but now they got turf now. It's not that mud that we played on. Right. But uh, it looks real nice, man. But it's all really just a lot of good fun, yeah. good competitive fun. What time? What time is we uh, we going to start at like 10.30 with the registration. Okay. The actual event going to start going on at about 11.30, 12. Okay. Uh, we're going to have one-on-one -on -one drills, uh, individual drills. Mm -hmm. uh, winner gets 100 bucks plus some work the custom underdog cleats. My oh, boy yeah. Kato making the cleats. Yeah. Yeah, my boy Teeth on the on the official podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be we there. trying to get everybody geek shenanigans. Everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is a city thing. This is this is we trying to put light, shed light on this talent we already see every day. All my guys are growing in their craft, mm -hmm. so I'm just trying to be that platform to try to help everyone elevate a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That's it for real. Good Nothing night. too major. Uh, I ain't looking for the views on YouTube and all that fancy stuff, man. I'm just trying to show the kids here that it's possible to get it out the mud. That's a fact. You know. I I, I tweeted the other day. Um, what are we What are we really talking about? We talking about views, or are we talking about real impact? You know what I'm saying? Like I could have I could have less than 100 views on something, but the impact I got in the city, who I'm touching, who I'm reaching, is it it is bigger than any any as many views as I can get, as, as many, any of that. It just, it's just bigger than that, and it means more. So, obviously, you know me from playing football in high school. Wasn't the best athlete, wasn't the fastest, strongest, so I didn't get any, like, offers or anything like that. I didn't even start loving the game until our season was almost over, for real. Really? My senior year, yeah. Um, but once, I don't think kids realize how quick football can go away and you never play it again. Like, I don't see myself playing semi-pro. Right. I got a regular job now, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so the only way I can stay close to the actual, you know, game is by coaching. Mm -hmm. um, I started off, like, training athletes on my own because okay. uh, I still wanted to work out and still mm -hmm. think I had, you know, DB skills and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm working out by myself with my friends. And uh, then another guy we played with, Joe, he got me introduced to Garden Valley. And if you're not from Garden Valley, you can't just walk into Garden Valley. Wow. So, met those guys. They ended up becoming my brothers. I fell in love with the kids. And just like I was telling you before, you know, off the podcast, like we have a few kids who finally moved up through all levels, mm -hmm. ages 6 through 8, 9 through 10, 11 through 12. Now they 13, 14. Mm -hmm. And when you see how you take a kid from – never playing football ever before in his life, to trying it out, getting smacked all around the field, to, oh, now I'm the best player on my team, right. and now I'm moving up a level, and I'm getting scouted by high schools, bro, yeah. and I'm 13. Yeah. So that's a great feeling, especially when you see guys starting to go to college off mm -hmm. of what you taught them, or not playing in college, now they're getting playing time because they train with you in the summer. Yeah. And it's just a great feeling. Not being able to play football humbled me and made me hungry to grow in the coaching field. So I, I, I can attest to that a lot because that's what um, college did for me with this podcast. Um, just doing a lot of just watching because when you're not playing, you're just observing a lot more. Facts. You're looking, you're seeing why people are feeling like this, why people are feeling like that. Injuries, all of this stuff happening around you, and you just take it in. It's like you just kind of have to take you kind of take a step back and be like. 
okay, I can see where I can help. I can see where I, I would have done something better if I was Facts. a coach. You can see it from a different angle. From just that different yeah. angle. And, and that definitely can inspire and spark something that, I mean, impacts, I mean, a, a, a thousand and one kids. So talk about that impact for you. Um, why, why is it so important to impact kids at a young age? Well, coaching where I coach, well, Little League, mm-hmm. um, in that area, it's common to see kids go to jail at an early age or, you know, get killed at an early age, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So football is like their only real outlet mm-hmm. for them to be comfortable, have fun, and something positive. Like, you get a trophy for this? Right. For letting go of my anger? Right. Like, yeah, like, dude, and I can teach you to play it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, it builds confidence. So when you see a kid that's shy or, you know, just just a plain kid, like, it it, it, it opens up doors for them. 100%. Kids who have no options coming out of high school, I don't care what nobody say, dude. At some point, your environment will take you over. Yeah. So when you can actually create new opportunities for a kid, it's amazing. That's, that's important. That's very important. Now, what type of coach are you? What type of style do you run? Uh, So... With my Little League team, I actually inherited my base type of offense. They run kind of like a wishbone type of offense. Mm -hmm. And my whole coaching career, I really just um, build more, you know, play calling, adding my own aggressive style to that. So basically, I can't put too much on the podcast, (laughs) but – I really run the same type of plays, bro, yeah. different formations. Love it. And uh, everybody try to be so fancy, yeah. and they just overthink themselves. Like, bro, I just ran the same play seven times, and I just put a trips on one side and ran a little fake jet sweep yeah. and just ran the same thing. But it's about misdirection. Yeah. And if you they can't key in on what you're doing, you're doing something right. For sure. And for real, I really don't have a – a set offense or defense because you really change your game plan based off the personnel you get. You can't really recruit in high school or middle school or little league. Like little league is the only place where you can recruit. And uh, where I am in Carn Valley, it's not too many kids you taking from these, these suburbs to come in the middle of the projects to play. So you gotta maximize the talent that you have. Which is a lot. It's there. And they're usually hard-headed and they're not trying to get out on the field. Usually we know if you're if you're from the hood or even around it, you know some of the best athletes you've ever Facts. seen in your life have never touched an organized Facts. sport in your life. But when you see them out on the field, when you see them on the court, they're like, man, if you don't just get on this team. Facts. <laughs> Dude, just a little bit of coaching, we can turn you into a dog. A dog with some, with some organized um, and, and be able to – um, take it to, like you said, opportunity that we, that you never thought possible. So, look, that's like a snowball effect. Like, it may be a reach, but this is how I see things. Coaching in Little League, like I said, you take that little kid that nobody really wanted to play, ah, oh, you little. You teach him and coach him. Nobody believes it until he actually does it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I work so big with my guys who, like you, you growing your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, my videographer, Sydney, uh, she's just starting her own, you know, photography, you know, uh, business and things like that. Nobody believes anything is going to grow until they actually see it get done. Yeah. That's where the underdog war started. 100%. Nobody believed it's going to happen until you got athletes in here getting interviewed. Right. So it's, it's going to happen for sure. It for may sure. take longer than what we expected, but I guarantee you it's going to happen. 
everybody is going to grow. And just coming together and growing together is the easiest way to do it. That's a fact. Um, what makes you um, different from other coaches? Uh, being in my unique position. Mm -hmm. I relate to the kids a little bit differently. Like a lot of, I share my story with the kids all the time. Okay. Um, I actually got shot when I was 19. What? In my leg and my back. And uh, that. so that, yeah, that really chalked any possibilities of yeah. me coming back to play. Shattered my femur and my leg. And uh, just really chalked it from there. So they got to appreciate um, being, having the opportunity. Like, yeah. dude, you can still compete and run your 40 time right now. Mm -hmm. It hurts when I try to cut too hard, bro. Really? Yeah, so they got to appreciate that. And they appreciate that. Like, oh, Coach Troop can't do it, bro. So I got to go hard. Like, so. I love that. That's For sure. What's up? That's what's up. Um, what? Let's say, let's say this. Um, how have you seen the impact go from the start of the season to the end of the season? What have you seen as far as the kids changing? Like, what have you seen in them? Um, as a whole group, you see how they shy. They run plays a little bit slower because they scared to mess up. Mm -hmm. But then the repetitiveness comes in, then they run it flawlessly. Mm -hmm. So now you can put it into a hurry up offense. Mm -hmm. uh, now you can execute it very easily. Mm -hmm. Individually, I had a kid, Amir Harris. I picked him up every day uh, to go to practice. His first year playing for me, dude was a, a old lineman. I just, I'm like, dude, you a big kid, man. We could use you. Mm -hmm. His following year, the next year, that whole winter, he was in the gym with me working. Like, man, I want to play something else. Like, I, I know I'm better. I just never played before. So I'm like, all right, we're going to work on it. Basic yeah. skill stuff, right? Yeah. The very next year of him riding the bench, he won the MVP of the league, all-star MVP, led the team in touchdowns, just putting that work in. So How did that make you feel? I was the happiest coach you could see. Like, I ain't show him because yeah. I still want him to be hungry. Yeah. But I was proud. I'm like, dude, like. When you, I believe in my coaching skills. Like, mm -hmm. I know I can do it now. Mm -hmm. If this little dude can do it, I know I've been doing something right. Big facts. Big so. facts. Um, what is your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is very simple. Um, I just want to keep winning city championships with the Little League team mm -hmm. and then go back to one of the inner city Cleveland high schools like East Tech or my alma mater, John Hay and turn them into a powerhouse, like mm. public school. No public, Man. no Cleveland public school has ever won a state championship. So that is my goal. Not even if we win a state championship, I want the kids to be able to know you can compete at any level you want. And be proud of us. Yes. Like we can start putting guys in O State regularly from yes. John Hay or yes. East Tech. Yes. Just bring back the pride of inner city Cleveland, bro. It's too many great talented kids in Cleveland Muni to keep playing for St. Ignatius or Benedictine. Nothing mm -hmm. wrong with it, but we I can agree. do it here. I agree. Two, um, I want to talk about wins and losses a little bit. Um, how do you take them? How do you approach wins and losses when it comes to a team aspect? Uh, how do you want the kids to approach it? Earlier in my career as a coach, when I first started, wins were everything to me. Like, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to never lose. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, that was it, dude. I wanted to win everything. But then, shout out to Coach Boone. 
he like the mentor, the guy, you know, model my coaching skills after. Mm-hmm. He sat me down. He was like, dude, like, you coaching little kids. Like, you're going to lose. Yeah. And uh, But the crazy thing is, my first year, I didn't. Really? Yeah, me and my boy Jove, we lost one game, right? Oh, that got you a big head. Yeah. yeah. And it was in the playoffs, right? So, I'm like, oh, so I can really win it. Mm-hmm. But I needed to lose. I needed that loss. Okay. Because you got to know how I feel to lose so you don't want that feeling again. Mm-hmm. If you never lose, you will never work harder or never try to perfect your craft because you think you better than, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So losses are important. 100%. Real talk, I wish every, I wish I would have went like 500 my first two years of coaching okay. at both levels, middle school and little league. Because then I would have learned how to bounce back from them losses. Mm-hmm. My first year, like I said, we went lightweight undefeated through the regular season. Yeah. But then my second year, we lost every game. Oh, shit. So I'm like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that. Like, yeah. Two coins so, like, coaching is not just coaching, bro. It's about the – you can come up with whatever game plan you yeah. got. If you don't have the kids or you don't know how to properly teach a kid, mm-hmm. teach a kid, then it don't matter what your game plan is. If they don't have the motivation to run through a wall for you, like – you just talking at this point. So how do you get that out of a kid? Personally. Uh, dang, man, you want you want me to give you all my secrets, man. Okay. So me personally, you gotta build that rapport with a kid first. Um let them know that you understand them. Yeah. Before football even come into play, you gotta know that kid as you know what I'm saying, treat him as one of your own. Mm-hmm. Like not you no know, son or dad type thing, but like we cool, like you need something, let me know. Mm-hmm. Let the kid know you trust him. Mm-hmm. Off there, he'll give you effort. True. Um, after he give you effort, then you can start teaching them the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you can start getting that effort out with warm-ups, showing them how to do drills and stuff like that. Um, then comes the game plan. Mm-hmm. You find what he's good at, and you maximize that. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody likes to say, hey, the big guy's got to play O-line. I mean, not necessarily. Right. Just because you fast don't mean you can play running back. Right. You know what I'm saying? So 100%. you got to find what he does well, and then you implement that into your playbook. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a guy that's strong, but he, he can't cut. He's just a north and south guy. Gotcha. Hey, bro, he might just get the ball on that north and south type thing. Yeah. Throw him a bubble, get him up fit. So it all depends on the kids you got. And uh, you will learn that being a coach. Everybody has their own style. Mm-hmm. So you just got to find your style and learn how to work it. I really like using – New kids every year. I don't want to be in the NFL because you you have to go out and look to see, you know, how – too many pieces – too many people got hands on the pieces you pick. True. I really like coaching with the kids that come to me because it forces you to adjust your style as a coach. Yeah. You don't get to pick and choose who you get. You yeah. have to coach who you have. That's it. Speaking of that, you don't get to pick and choose the kids, the kids but you don't get to pick and choose the – Kids' parents either. <laughs> so talk about that a little bit. Talk about um, your craziest experience with the with the with the parent. I had some great experiences, and I had some. Man, I'll never be unprofessional though. Right. Um, you get those some parents in little league, dude. They swear they kid can do this, that, and the third. Like, dude. Everybody cool in shorts, bro. You getting hit. Like, yeah. he not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he never played before, man. He's five, bro. He's yeah. not Barry Sanders. Like, chill. But I ran into a few parents like that. Nobody went overboard. 
I, I'm thankful for that. Um, and a lot of situations I really have non-existent parent participation, to be honest. I hate to say it. Is that good or bad? It's both. Yeah. You don't have nobody in your ear chirping mm -hmm. all the time, but then you also don't have people cheering on their kids mm -hmm. or coming to see them play or coming to the award ceremony for them. Yeah. But, I mean, that comes with it. And that's where, you know, coaches step up. Big time. Fill that void. And those kids usually the ones who got the chip on their shoulder for real, so. Right. So, um, awards, um, award ceremonies and the, the, the day kids get their awards and all that. Why is that important for um, kids to see that side um, after all this hard work they've done all year? I'm not a fan of participation awards, bro. No, me neither. I never um, Like, from, like, ages five to six, cool. Because okay. it keeps them interested. Like, mm -hmm. oh, if I do this, I can get a trophy. Mm -hmm. But after six years old, when it gets a little bit more serious, they like, all right, I didn't got a participation award. <laughs> I got to work to get most improved yeah. or MVP or something. Like, yeah. yeah, like work towards that, bro. Like, no perfect attendance. Yeah. Like, you got to work. Yeah. And without giving pr participation awards, it forces a kid to want to be better. Mm -hmm. Hard work. And it creates that. So that's what's most important. Uh, I love giving away awards because I like to see that growth. Everybody gets a participation award at five and six. Right. What did you get the next year? Are you why are you still getting uh, participation awards? Right. Why are you still looking for that? Yeah, like come on, bro. You is gotta work. Is that something? Wrong you happy with that? <laughs> is that something wrong with the society that that we've grown? Yeah, we live in a very sensitive society. Very sensitive. Everyone needs accolades for something. Everybody needs to be awarded for something. Um, once again, my boy Coach Boom, he uh, he won Coach of the Year this year. I gave a speech at the at our banquet. He could have won it every year for what he does for the team, and um, for this year he won the city championship. So they finally gave it to him. But he was like, "Dude, I don't do it for the awards. Like yeah. my kids need me more than anything." He yeah. never wanted to move up to high school. He could have easily been a high school coach. He has that con those connections. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, no, the kids need me more here. I make a greater impact here. Yeah. So that's a, you know, I don't do it for the awards neither. 100%. Although I like them, though. Big <laughs> <laughs> Um, So I want to talk about, um, you, you said Coach Boone. Did, was there any, was there any other, is there any other um, people you you look up to in this coaching uh, world that's kind of new, to, that's kind of new for you um, that helped you get your confidence under your feet. Yes, every coach I've coached with. Okay. Um, whether I'm the head coach, a coordinator, mm -hmm. assistant, whatever, I take um, advice or I pick their brains. I learn what they like to do, and I implement it in my own stuff. Mm -hmm. That's how you grow as a coach. Mm -hmm. um, my boy Mikey, Vaughn, Jove, Boom, Big Mike, Monte, John. Those are the, all the guys I coach with in the Valley. They all got their own style. They all do something different. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm kind of like the melting pot. I took a little bit from each of them. My boy Coach C, take a lot from him. He's the older guy. Build my own playbook around what they do and what I do, mix it up. And um, I try to always be the best at what I do. Mm -hmm. So competing with them to be the best coach mm -hmm. is what keeps me good. If you surround yourself with good coaches, then you solid. Yeah. So. How is the connection um, for coaching and um, like, let's say, a, a Garden Valley? 
what type of support system do you have? What type of um, friendships have you created? Um, just, just being a coach. So I didn't know a lot of these guys before I started coaching, except mm -hmm. for my one, except for Joe. So when I got down there, immediately they accepted me. Cause like I said, bro, if you're not from down there, you can't just go right. down there. So once they accept you, they accept you. Mm -hmm. And I call them my brothers all the time. Uh, like I said, I learn from them a lot. We're a very tight-knit group. Yeah. Because not too many people want to come down there and coach. Yeah. Kids don't want to come down there and play. Why is that? It's dangerous down there, bro. Like, it's the middle of the projects. Yeah. Like, uh, you can't just walk down there and say, hey, I'm going to play for y'all. Like, if the kids don't rock with you, them kids going to have a very hard time, you know, getting bullied. And yeah. Outside of the football, we wouldn't allow that on the football field. But that environment, yeah. no kid is just going to walk from wherever he stays to the middle of the projects not being from there. Right. So that's one of the challenges we have to work with. So that's why I get into, like, little chirping battles with other coaches around mm -hmm. the league. Like, dude, you're not necessarily a good coach. It's just very easy for you to recruit. Mm -hmm. You are on the main street mm -hmm. at a big old recreational park. Like, a kid can walk through there and be like, hey, I want to play for you today. All right, come on. Yeah. No issues. Yeah. You don't have to worry about shooting and police always on your wow. practice field. Like, it's yeah. different. Yeah. So, for us to go through all that and then win a city championship last year, you cannot tell us we are not the greatest coaches. Right. Like. 100%. So. Just pulling them out of the dirt almost. Facts. I mean, what else do they have to look up to? What else do they have to look forward to? We never had an issue on our practice field, but. Dude, it's been so many times you'll hear, like, gunshots up the hill from us uh, during practices and stuff like that. So it's real. But, yeah. I mean, the kids live in there. I yeah. just coach in there. Yeah. So it is what it is. So is there anything else you want to talk about? You want to, um, you want to shout out to anybody? Um, I definitely just want to, once again, shout out my girl, Sydney, because she goes out of her way to help me with the, you know, videos and photos and stuff like that. All my coaches in Garden Valley, uh, my coaches in Warrensville, obviously you, my boy Teeth. Um, that's really it. No matter how big or small your project is, man, get it out there. Somebody's watching. So it's going to happen.